Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching. Mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Well, good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler. It's Thursday, May 27th. Steph, can you believe Memorial Day weekend is here? I'm excited for it. I love Memorial Day weekend. What do you love about it? I love having a day off from work, (laughs) sitting around by my pool. Now, do you know the original name for Memorial Day? It wasn't Memorial Day. I don't know. Let me me ask our guest, Ryan. Brian, do you know? Remembrance Day? No. Oh. No? I have no idea. How about Decoration Day? Oh. Because that was the day they would decorate the graves of the men and women who had lost their lives in battle for the country. So wow. that's useless information, I would Where say. Where did you that get that information? That's what I want to know. Well, of course, Wikipedia. I mean, oh, isn't okay. it always okay. right? It's and do you know what year it changed? Truth. I have no clue. Okay. But before I was born. Mm-hmm. Anyway. so And not only do I love having a day off and sitting by my pool, but yeah. remembering my Absolutely. dad was a veteran. Right? and I mean, he right. wasn't killed in service, but right. um, just the sacrifice that people have made. Over the years. And I think that's an important lesson to take time on Monday mm-hmm. and to pause mm-hmm. and to remember that freedom isn't free. And uh, we are blessed to have the freedoms that we have because of men and women that have gone before us and have given that ultimate gift to Americans. So anyway, we have a great show lined up today. Uh, we are blessed to have with us the Bible Bistro guy. Don't you just love that name? <laughs> I the love Bible the name. Bistro? I hope we get to find out yeah. what in the world yeah. it means. So yeah. Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver okay. are with us. And uh, I know both of them. I know Brian a little bit better. Brian and I were colleagues at Lincoln Christian okay. at the time college for years. But Brian and Ryan, welcome to Direct Line. Thanks. Thank you. Good to be here. And so I want to just dive right in. Um, the idea of a podcast, the idea of the name Bible Bistro, Ryan, take that. Let us know where that came from. Yeah, so uh, I've kept in touch with Brian. I was one of his students while at Lincoln Christian College. So he's old. He's old. <laughs> Way old. Uh, and I'm young, very Ouch. young. Ouch. Anyway, um, so I was one of Brian's students in college, and I kind of kept in touch with him over the years. And so I was reading a book this summer, and I texted Brian. I said, hey, Brian, this book is kind of blowing my mind. Can we talk about it? And so I called him, we talked for like two hours on the phone, and I'm like, hey, you know, I think there's some people out there that might be interested in this conversation Mm -hmm. as well. Can I ask what was the book? Yeah. Yeah, it was called uh, Justification by N.T. Wright. Yeah. It's not an easy read. Right. It, was, it was one that kind of changed my brain a little we, bit. On we do day. have an upcoming episode where we talk about it, too. So. N.T. Wright, isn't he an old preacher? No, N.T. Wright, uh, Wright's a, a, a British New Testament scholar. Okay. Uh, he was at Oxford University for years, and then uh, he was the um, he, he was at Westminster Abbey for a while in the Church of England, and then he went to um, someplace else, Dur- uh, Durham, I think, University of Durham, and, and now he he's wrote, retired. Was it Surprised by Hope? Surprised by right? Hope's one yeah. of them. It, uh, the Day the Revolution Began. He, he's yeah. written quite a, a few of books. books. Yeah, a very, of influential very influential in our world today. Influential on me, too. A New Testament People of God I read a long time ago. It was one of his first in the big series that he did and had a lot of influence on me. But anyway, yeah, so we... We talked about this. Now, the name The Bible Bistro you asked about. Yeah, well, we're we're trying to come up with a name for a podcast, right? And so when I was in 
when I was a, a professor at Lincoln, my office, I called the Bistro, had signs up that said the Bistro, yeah. because I kind of wanted it to be a place for conversation. Mm-hmm. I had an open, kind of an open door policy. Yeah. Students would come in. In fact, Ryan and his wife would come in. Well, before it was his wife. When, yes. <laughs> before, actually, friends. before they Just were even friends. dating. Right? <laughs> the lovely former Lauren Liggett. Yeah. Is that right? That's, that's, yeah. that from, from nearby Cantlin? From yeah. Pat, Illinois, yeah. From the suburbs of Danville. Yeah. 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 That's so, right. Yeah. So, yeah, her nickname was L-Cubed at the time. So. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, it was it was the Bistro's a place for conversation. And so when we were thinking about a name, we hit on that. Oh, it's Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro. So RB3, you know, we've got that. And uh, It's fairly new, just within the past two years. Is that right? One well, year? not even that long. Not okay. even yeah, that last long. year. Okay. So And so we've, yeah, we're just kind of getting started. You know, the funny thing is we've recorded all, all these episodes ahead of time. And so we're, we're, you know, they've been released now and we're starting to get feedback. So it's kind of been How many episodes? We're at number released. We're at ten. number 10. We released 10 today, but we've got 24 total recorded already. Oh, right. wow. Right. Wow. So, okay. So we've got, we got quite a bit coming. Yeah. It's, it, and, you know, when we're always talking about what's coming next and that kind of thing. But the interesting thing is now we're getting feedback. And so mm-hmm. we're kind of thinking, okay, what? What yeah. what are people liking? What should we change? What are we doing differently? So right. you guys kind of understand this. Yeah, that. for Absolutely. sure. Well, what are some of your greatest passions or concerns related right. to the Bible and what's happening in Christianity in America? Right. Hmm. I think, uh, yeah, really one of the reasons we, we went with this podcast and, and kind of our idea before but behind it, we're, we're doing Bible and theology stuff. Uh, so, you know, you guys understand this. When you come to, to a church service on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. you've got you've got an hour, maybe an hour and a half, you're reaching all kinds of different people. You have somebody who maybe is the first time they've ever walked in the door or maybe the first time they've been back in a while. Mm-hmm. You have other people who are there maybe but struggling with some different things. You may have some people who've been in the in the pew every Sunday for, for 40 mm-hmm. years or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so in, in, a, in a sermon of 20 to 25 minutes, you've got to first engage people. Right. You've got to bring the Bible to them, and then you have to make some application. And so it doesn't leave you a lot of time to, to, to really kind of – expand upon that. So our thought was that there seem to be people out there who are hungry to understand more about theology and more about the Bible. So here's a chance to, to give teaching in a way and, and mm-hmm. uh, um, supplement, really, to give a resource to what the local congregation's doing. And, and so, so our passion is to kind of get across some of, the, some of the teaching that people may be hungry for. And so our thought was originally, let's, let's target um, interested uh, church members who maybe just want a, uh, a little bit more teaching. So we, we want to really supplement what the local congregation is doing. So we uh, just finished lunch together, the yeah. three of us. Steph wasn't a part of it. Sorry, Stephanie. Where but, did you uh, go? We went to Jocko's. Yeah. By the way, have you had the strawberry chicken salad? No, but I have that Oreo fluff stuff every time oh, I go. Oh, man, so good. <laughs> Salad to Oreo fluff. Yeah, but Brian, your first time at Jocko's, yeah, what right? Was sa- what was that sandwich? It was the... Uh, the uh, Pullman. Oh, oh fan- yeah, the Pullman Fantastic side. sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic good sandwich. So. Anyway, we got back from Jocko's, and yeah. on my news feed from Christian Post, yeah. you have this article, only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. Right. Research from the George Barna Institute. Brian, what do you say about that? Are you well, surprised, first of all? Well... I mean, the numbers, you know, the numbers are always shocking. They always right. give you a headline that, that's pretty high. But in one way, I'm not because, okay. uh, you know, I, I've actually said this on one of the episodes of our podcast is I, I talk to some people who there's this whole movement of kind of deconstructing faith, people who've mm-hmm. walked away from the faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've talked to some people in those kind of situations. And and what I begin to understand is as I talk to them and they're telling me why why they are no longer believers, I'm kind of like. Well, when you're explaining to me your understanding of Christianity, right. I don't recognize it as Christianity, right? Right. right. I think there's a there's a 
uh, more robust. There's a fuller idea of a Christian worldview than sometimes people are understanding. And what they're actually rejecting, I would say, sometimes is a caricature of Christianity. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, that's one of the things I think is important about doing some teaching that, that helps us to, to develop a, a Christian worldview, that helps us to respond to different challenges and, well, things like we faced this last year. And, right, uh, right. You know, to, 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 to do that in a fuller way. So I think that the, you know, the idea that, that people, you know, have, and of course it depends on how you define a biblical worldview and right. all those kind of things right. as well. But I do think we, we sometimes we'll have a piecemeal. Again, yeah. we're, we're there on, we may there, be there two Sundays a month and, mm-hmm. you know, we get this verse and we get that verse, um, but we don't necessarily develop an overall picture. One, one of my favorite classes uh, when I was a professor, you'll know this, was Introduction to the Bible. And, yes. and I loved it because it was it was an opportunity to give an overarching story and to show how Scripture fits together and to give yeah. that kind of an idea of yeah. here's here's a way to look at the world through a biblical lens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was the class that hooked me as a freshman at Lincoln. Right. Mm-hmm. Tom Ewald was right. teaching back in those yep. days. And, Stephanie, they would give you the Bible entrance exam during freshman orientation. Do you remember that, Ryan? Do you remember that? <laughs> what? How'd you do yeah. on it? Terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, let me just tell you this story. We yeah, so this is this. this is kind of as we were talking about why we're doing the podcast. I grew up in the church. Yeah. I, I went to church every Sunday, Wednesday right. nights, right. Sunday nights. I mean, I, I, I knew this stuff. And I knew all these stories, and that's why I decided to go into to Christian college. And you go and you take this test, yeah. and I'm reading these questions, and I realize I know nothing. Right, mm. right. Now, I, now, I knew the stories mm-hmm. individually, yeah. like what was happening in right. this story, in this story, in this story. Right. But it had never been put together in, like, in a way that I kind of saw it all tied together. And it was no fault of anyone, you know, like uh, youth group leaders right. or right. pastors. Like, I'm a, I'm a teenager at that point. Like, right, right. I've got my own agendas <laughs> in life. Um, but I come and take this test, and I'm like, I don't yeah. know anything. Yeah. And so that was a wake-up call for me. And, you know, I've had a conversation with one of my friends about why we're doing this podcast. And he's like, you know, the, the beautiful thing about Christianity is is the message is simple, yep. but it's yep. infinitely complex. Right. You know, you can spend your life studying right. that. And so right. I think that's one of the things with the podcast is is for me in my own personal study is as I go deeper in it, like, I want to know more. Yeah. And I can see how the stories of the Old Testament and New Testament fit together mm-hmm. and yeah. a better idea of who Jesus is and what Christ has accomplished. And so... That for me has been, yes, taking that test, I I knew nothing. (laughs) But what we did when I worked at Lincoln is we would give that to freshmen during freshman orientation. But then one of the last things graduating seniors would do would take the exact same exam. Mm. And sometimes maybe the score was about the same. But I think think most of the time you realize what a difference four years at a Bible college could make. One of the way we measured what we were doing, how effective were we in in communicating, and you would see, uh, at at least on average, you would see an improvement Mm -hmm. overall. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Well, hey, we're going to take a break. Um, Ryan Sarver and Brian Johnson are going to be with us all morning long. You're listening to Direct Line, and we'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement, too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty, LLC. Member SIPC. You know, it's easy to make promises. The hard thing is keeping them. 
Sunset promises to carry your load at a most difficult time. To the communities they serve, they promise to be there for your children, your churches, and your organizations. Sunset promises to help our veterans. They will support them with the same level of commitment these veterans had as soldiers defending our freedom. I'm Judy Fraser, and if you're looking for a family that keeps their promises, I would suggest you make just one phone call. Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. This is Deanna Witzel from your Witzel Family McDonald's. Along with Gateway Family Services, we are proud to support the Rising Tide Conference June 16th through the 18th. Here is local host site sponsor Michael Remily to tell us more. Have you heard the word trauma discussed a lot lately? Have you wondered how trauma impacts an individual, a family, or a community? Rising Tide is a dynamic two-and-a-half-day hybrid conference June 16th through the 18th that will inspire, motivate, and equip you, your family, and our community to address the impact of trauma. This international conference will feature nearly two dozen leading trauma professionals to teach practical strategies and life-changing interventions no matter your line of work. Join us for our kickoff community event June 16th at 5 p.m. at the Fisher Theater. For more information and to reserve your ticket, visit risingtideconference.com. The Rising Tide Conference is founded locally by Gateway Family Services. A rising tide raises all ships. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. This is Stephanie with Greg, and we're happy to have in the studio with us today Ryan Sarver and Brian Johnson. Um, I'm hoping that we get some good stories about Greg, at least one good story about <laughs> Greg and his college days with you. I'll have to think about that, yeah. I got Give us at least one good story. We used to, we used to have story. lunch together on a regular basis. The thing I loved about Brian, there were several of us that would eat lunch together, and I would say guys like Bob Montz and Randy Kirk mm-hmm. and Jeff yeah. Mayfield and myself were kind of all in the same category, guys that maybe loved the church and loved ministry, but then we had Bible scholar Brian, and we, oh. we, we would be able to really have some deep conversations. Those yeah. were some of my yeah, favorite was, days. We did. You know? and yeah, it was, it was cool just having that same group of people that were together, you know, several days a week. You yeah. know, you get to know each other, get to know each other's lives. Yeah. It's, it's an important part. I of will it. tell you my favorite part of a lunch gathering with Brian <laughs> off air. I won't share it on air. But, uh, it was a question he asked the president at the time oh. that, that I will not <laughs> yeah, share. We, we I will not that share one. that on air. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure the statute of limitations. But I will <laughs> never forget it. I'll just tell you right now. I'm still laughing. So Well, I can't wait to hear about yes. that. But okay. you know what? Yes. You, you mentioned the word deconstruction in our first Mm -hmm. segment. And we just finished a series uh, here at Second Church um, based on the book, Another Gospel by Alyssa Childers. Do you have any thoughts on this work? Um, Thoughts on progressive Christianity, deconstruction, absolute truth, the whole thing. I listened to that segment where you guys, you know, talked Mm -hmm. with her and Mm -hmm. that that. it was great, Mm -hmm. great stuff. I was, I thought it was really important. And it is important. Even this last week, there's another former, Mm -hmm. well, a a, a Christian music person. DC Talk, right? Yeah, DC Talk came out and, and is, uh, uh, you know, saying I'm deconstructing my faith. I'm an ex-evangelical. And why? Why you know, so it, much? Well, and I'll, I'll go ahead and, and plug this. We're we've got coming out tomorrow. Uh, one of our um, uh, episodes is going to be with Ryan Burge, and he talks about some of this. The, okay. the idea of yeah. some of these polls that show that maybe people are leaving the church. They're becoming this group that they call nuns. In yeah, Ryan Burge is a professor. Not N-U-N-S. Right. Right. N-O-N-E-S. N-O-N-E-S. Right. right. Ryan Burge is a professor at nearby Eastern East, Illinois University. Eastern Illinois University, okay. and is is has become very well known for right. his statistical work in regard to this. And he has some. I'll just go ahead and plug it. He's got some fascinating things to say that I think yes. will help helpful things for the church as the way in the way we think about this. But anyway, when you think about the people, you know, leaving the faith, I think there's there's a variety of different things that are that are going on. You know, part of it there's this really divided political time mm-hmm. 
where your political affiliation is really closely tied to your faith mm-hmm. and, and the way people think about you. We have this thing that we've gone through, this global pandemic and the effects of that over the last year that have caused you know, a heightening of some of these things. I think they were things that were already happening, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, you know, it, it, I think all of these tensions have kind of heightened it. He mentioned, uh, Ryan Burge, we were talking about, has mentioned the, the Internet. He said, he said, if you think about it, back in the, let's say, the 1930s, if you were in a, in a small town in, a, in a, let's say, Alabama or something like that, even if you began to suspect something where you were not a believer, mm-hmm. he says it would, it would have been very hard for you socially mm-hmm. to, to say something about that. But now with the Internet... There are groups you, you can find a group obviously that, that you can connect with about anything. Mm-hmm. So right. you know you you could find former churchgoers in Alabama group, you know right. something like that. Right. And, and so socially, it makes it much easier for you to to identify that. So he thinks that's part of what's going on. You know he mentions in in Europe, for example, you've got um, uh, a long time. There's been this uh, leading of the church, and and uh, it's in in some ways the United States has been an outlier because for a developed country. We've had a relatively high church attendance. So he mm-hmm. said it's really kind of been a train that's been coming down the road for some time. Gotcha. And so what we're seeing now, he said, he said actually he thinks statistically we're seeing some things that, um, that maybe even we're, we're not – we didn't have the right statistics before in a sense. Gotcha. And so, mm-hmm. so there's okay. some of that going, mm-hmm. along, going out as well. Uh, well we talked um, off air uh, mm-hmm. over lunch about one of the things that's happening within some in progressive Christianity is really this – maybe denial or changing yeah. of the theology of the atonement. Right. And I, guys like Pete Inns and Richard right. Rohr and the late Rachel Held Evans, you know, they've kind of said, no, that's really not what it's about. Right. Here's my question for you, Mr. Bible scholar, Mr. <laughs> New Testament scholar. Does not Paul multiple times, the writer of Hebrews says, right. Christ died for, for our sins. sins. What yeah. am I missing there? Well, I think I think it's a it's a prioritizing of the message of Jesus. And so there's there's a certain kind of Christianity. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'll, you know, I had no problem laying out my biases. Right. Um, I, I believe in, in, in the word of God. I believe right. in the entirety of the word of God. Right. Um, and and I think all of it is necessary to be studied. And one of the things we're trying to do in this podcast is in its historical and cultural linguistic right. context. Right. To understand within the narrative of the of the scripture as a whole, uh, so I believe in the whole Bible. But there are certain groups that tend to prioritize the message of Jesus, right? Uh, Sermon on the Mount, maybe even, and then everything else is kind of like, well, maybe it's a departure from that central kind of truth. So, th- you know, there are different ways of, of being a Christian, right? There, yeah. there are different groups that would would emphasize different things, and I think. There are some who would emphasize the message of Jesus. And then, for example, with Paul, you just mentioned Paul or the Hebrew writer say, well, you know, maybe they weren't quite all they didn't have it all Mm -hmm. together. They Mm -hmm. didn't have it all quite right. But I guess what's odd about that is in First Corinthians 15, Paul says, hey, I got this from the Lord as of first importance. Right. Most importance. Christ died for our sins. I mean, I just I wrestle with saying I don't think I'm going to go down that road. Me too. And, And I think. Here, I'm gonna and, yeah. and I'm gonna get some flack for this, but I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and tell you. I think the problem is this: is what we do when we begin to uh, prioritize different parts of the Bible, or we begin to pick and choose mm-hmm. what parts of the Bible we're gonna we're gonna say is true or is not. Right. The Bible's no longer authority, and and again, I believe the Bible's God's word. Right. So we're no longer listening to 
to, to the voice of God. Right. Instead, what we're doing is we're using our own reason and kind right. of coming to these conclusions about right and wrong ourselves. And not to put too fine a point on it, but I always say we've we've gone back to the garden. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and we're we're saying we're going to be the ones who right. decide what's right and wrong rather right. than than listening to what God has said. So is it as big of a deal as maybe Steph and I? think it is after for me after i read all the the book by Alyssa childers i see it all the time mm-hmm. i don't know that i saw it last right. summer right. you know what i mean right. but um you, you've got this dc talk guy what's he now an ex-evangelical ex-evangelical ex, 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 yeah I don't right know. right whatever yeah he's, it's a play on evangelical he's right. basically yeah. saying i'm not that anymore i mean brian do you think it's as big a deal or is it just some of these voices are very loud voices and they're fitting a certain narrative so they're getting more play yeah. than others i think i think it it, it, I don't think it's unimportant, okay. but I do think that there are, especially statistically, some of the things, again, it, it is what we're seeing. They grab the headlines, right? But, but there are, there's a group of people who are not affiliated with, with the church that I still think we have an opportunity to, to reach Absolutely. out to. And, uh, and that aren't, you know, this again, I'm going to Ryan Burge, that he would say are not firmly ensconced in a anti-Christian right. idea. But but just basically ha- don't have the time to think about it or haven't given thought to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so his point is rather than focusing upon some of these very strident um, atheists or these very vocal decon- you know, people who are deconstructing their faith kind of thing. Right. He said to focus on these people who are maybe hurting mm-hmm. right. and, and maybe, um, you know, are, are struggling in various other areas, you know. Yeah, spending time um, focused in that way. Yeah. So, so I guess that's my only my only thing I would say is I don't I want to be careful in how we portion our time. Absolutely. Um, now, again, I think I think one of the best uh, antidotes against that idea is, is a robust Christian worldview is, right. is understanding in a full way what the message of the gospel is. Let not just, stop you right here yeah. because you've used the word a couple times. I used it and we haven't defined it. Sure. What's worldview mean? This is a secular radio station. Sure. So maybe okay. there's people saying what in the world's a biblical worldview or any worldview. Right. Well, everybody has a worldview. Worldview is the way that you see the, I mean, just the way you see the world. Okay. And all of us need to recognize that our experiences and our beliefs and um, the, you know, the way we've been raised cause us to see the world in a different way. And, and it's really when you begin to read and you, you meet other people, maybe from, you've had that experience where you met somebody from a different background right. and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, not everybody thinks exactly the same way that I right. do. Or even close. Or, yeah, <laughs> or even close. Right. But, but some of that, you know, we can see exactly the same evidence, for example, or we can see exactly the same event. But you think about it from radically different perspectives. I've heard you guys on this on this radio show, yeah. you yeah. know, demonstrate some of yeah. that. Even even between the two of right. you, right. oh, absolutely, who have yeah. who have a lot of similarities. But there's there's a different way, and sometimes our experiences are, are what that is. As much as possible, that part of it's the reason that we study scripture together in a group. It helps mm-hmm. us to be become aware of our blind spots or the right. the areas where where maybe our biases have come through. Uh, I think that's why it's important to to study the Word of God together, but also to try to be humble ourselves, yeah. but then also to be honest with ourselves and say there there are certain things that uh, that I may not understand fully. And we and we have a whole episode on worldview that we just, just dropped this week, yeah, right? Just, just released it this week. It's the only episode I haven't listened to yet. So when I get done, you're you'll lost. Know, you'll know. I can't I'm going to listen. <laughs> yeah, but you, you had a favorite podcast. 
I did. I really love the intertestamental period. I also love the Mark Zeese interview. Mm. Tell you what, we're up against a break. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the Bible Bistro podcast sure. and how listeners can find the Bible okay. Bistro podcast. Mm-hmm. You're you. listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement, too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty, LLC. Member SIPC. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of the Danville, Illinois chapter of Ambux, which strives to live the circle of life by helping and serving others in need. With your generous donations and volunteerism, you help AMBUX achieve their mission to inspire others to conquer challenges related to mobility and independence. To learn more about how you can be involved in AMBUX, visit their website at danvilleambux.com. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. This is Stephanie and Greg, and we are with Brian and Ryan, the Bible Bistro guys. We're so glad that you are here with us today. Let's talk about some of your episodes. I know that Greg has a favorite episode, yep. and then, you know, maybe you can tell us a couple of your favorite episodes, okay. things that really, you know, kind of struck you. Yeah. Let's start with John 14, mm-hmm. because... That's what we're looking at Sunday. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But the thing I loved, Brian, that you kind of broke down is this idea, in my father's house are many rooms. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, John 14 is a passage that, even people who maybe only have a passing understanding of the Bible are familiar with. You'll see it even in movies. Right. If you ever see a, a cemetery scene in a movie, a lot of times John 14 is what the, the priest or yep. the minister is reading. Uh, it's it's this idea of, you know, in my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I would have told you. Right. And I'm going to prepare mm-hmm. a place for you. And if I'm going, I'm coming back. And it's usually read in the way we, again, the reason we read it in the in the cemetery is it's this idea that that God is or, or Christ is preparing heaven for us, right. uh, and then He is returning from there. Right. But the interesting thing is, if you look at my Father's house in Scripture, the only other place that occurs in the Gospel of John, for example, uh, is in in John chapter two, where where Jesus is in the temple yeah. in Jerusalem, and uh, he he 
gives them this idea that that uh, you know this is a misuse of my father's house. Yeah. And if you look throughout Scripture, the Lord's house or God's house usually re- references the temple. Yeah. And so all I did in that episode, and I'd encourage people. I'm not going to sit here and go yeah. through the whole thing, obviously, but there's another way to think about that, where Jesus might be saying something about what the temple represented, God's presence in the midst of His people, and also the way that that we are able to draw near to God through this, you know, in the temple is a sacrificial system that Jesus is saying there, I think in John 14, that I am God's presence in your midst. And yeah. I am also now going to the cross yes, because this is the way that you can now draw near to God. I'm, I'm right. making possible for you to have your sins forgiven, to be drawn into his presence. And the returning then isn't necessarily the second coming, but is his resurrection. You know, gotcha. if you think about, this is where we read we read scriptures within the context. And so if you think about where he's talking about that historically, right. this is the night that he's arrested and he's going to the cross the mm-hmm. next day. Yeah. And then he's returning from the dead to his disciples, you know. So right. that's just another way to think about it and and maybe some and it fits in with other things in the Gospel of John. I think it's just a, an, another way to to understand that. Importance of looking at it linguistically, historically and culturally. Is what I thought it was fascinating. We're in the I am statements. We're about sure. done with it. When you hear the I am statements, yeah. I think there's seven in the Gospel of John. Anything yeah, jump least. out at you about There's that. at least. Yeah. There's there's a couple of others that that don't get as much attention. You're you're talking about the ones that have a um a, I am the a, bread of life, the light of the world, right? So right. So they have, I am, and then the bread of life, right. like you said, or I am the door to the, to the, right. to the, and in chapter 10, the right. door to the, the sheep pen. So, so there's a couple of others that are very interesting too, where there are these absolute I am statements okay. where Jesus says, I am. Right. Uh, one example is, for example, in the, well, I just mentioned his arrest. Yeah. If you remember, he's arrested in the garden and they said, you know, they're, they're looking for him and he says, I am. And it says the, the soldiers fall back on the ground. Yeah. And, and so that idea of I am goes back to a Hebrew word. If you remember Exodus chapter three, uh-huh. uh, God calls Moses and he's going down into Egypt and Moses says, well, you know, there's lots of gods down in Egypt. And he right. says, which God should I tell him is sending me, you yeah. know? And he says, you tell them I am, I am. Yeah. And, and he says, this is my name by which I will be known. A little burning bush, right? Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. And so I think what's going on there is that, is that, Jesus is connecting himself. That's one of the things the Gospel of John is very clear about. Jesus is saying, I have the the authority that God has, the Father has. I I am carrying on the work of the Father. Uh, And so it, it talks about you know, our belief as Christians, important belief is that Jesus is, is divine, that he is God himself. Uh, And so I think that's part of what John's getting across there. I have loved the gospel of John. The one thing I've never noticed before, and I've preached through some of this before, but just how John builds the intensity of the opposition to Jesus as it goes along. All all the gospels are that way. All four gospels, I always say the, the further along you get in the gospel, the more the, the, um, opposition increases. Also, there's a geographical thing. The closer he is to Jerusalem, the more intense, the more intense it is. Yeah. All of them are that way. But yeah, John, I think he, even, even more so you see this kind of the plotting of the, of the Jewish leaders. And if we let him go on like this, then, then the Romans are going to come and they're going to take away right. our place in our nation and right. all this kind of stuff. Two, so. two other episodes loved the episode on the intertestamental period. I got to tell you, I got all the way through Bible college and I didn't know anything about the intertestamental period. And it was my first or second seminary class with Dr. Bob Lowry. Right. And I mean, I was like, how did I never hear this before? You did a great job with that. Thanks. Well, and and I'll say we talked about worldview a little bit earlier and and. If we're going to understand scripture, we have to understand the worldview of the people to whom right. uh, Jesus was speaking, for example, or Paul was writing. 
because that's going to that's going to we have to think about how are they hearing these things and that's why the intertestinal period is important and yeah we ignore it we tend to ignore it what's a takeaway that somebody that is listening maybe they don't even go to church or maybe they you know have a studied their Bible in quite some time. Right. What's a takeaway from the intertestamental period that they would need to know or that might help them just in life? Right. Well, you know, there's so many, but I, I would say one thing is just just the 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 world into which let's use Paul. I've been talking about Jesus. Let's talk about Paul for a minute. The apostle Paul was was a missionary, went and planted churches throughout throughout the world. It was Alexander the Great and the work that he did in yeah. in in kind of uniting the entire world. Right. They were speaking a common language in Greek, and, and essentially what happened is at just the right time, Scripture tells mm-hmm. us, Christ came, mm-hmm. and this is the time that the Apostle Paul, without without too much fear, of course, he had shipwrecks and all that right. kind of stuff, right. but piracy had been kind of uh, wiped out. You were able to travel safely from country to country. He was able to go throughout the known world speaking this language and and spreading the gospel mm-hmm. to, to essentially the entire known world at that point. Right. And, and so, you know, that's just, that happened because of things that happened in the intertestinal period. Uh, to understand the book of Revelation, everybody wants to know what Revelation's about. I think mm-hmm. you have to understand some of the things that took place in the intertestinal period, right. uh, the book of Daniel to understand it properly. I mean, there's just too many things, but yeah. but it's it's just well, Jump in, Ryan. Yeah, I, I, one of the, thing, uh, the things that I thought was really interesting is uh, understanding the intertestinal period. Like, you can't understand... Brian said in one of, I don't know if it was in the episode or not, is every Christian would say, like, Jesus, everybody was expecting Jesus to be this uh, warring Messiah that was going to knock out the Romans. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I don't think you can really understand how revolutionary Jesus was until you understand who Judas Maccabeus was in the Mm intertestamental period. Like, this was the expectation for the Messiah. And you can't really understand how the Jewish people were thinking, like, this Messiah is not what we expected at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Ninety percent of young boys in the first century were named after one of uh, Maccabees, you know, and so they mm-hmm. it was like us, you know, early early history of the United States naming our our sons George Washington, you know, Johnson or whatever, right? Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One other episode, Mark Zees, who yeah. I've never met, yeah. But if all goes well, I'm going to Israel with oh, next awesome. summer, yeah. summer 2022, yeah. along with my friend Dr. Jody Owens. Talk about the episode with Professor Zeiss. Yeah, Mark Zeiss is an interesting guy. Had a profound, like you just talked about, an intertestamental history class that, that made a difference for you. He was a professor of mine in seminary as well, Mark Zeiss. He's only a few years older than I am, but yeah. we've become really good friends over the year. He was the first person I went to Israel with. He has spent time in Israel-Palestine. He understands the area well. He's become a licensed guide there, which is very unusual for somebody who's not an Israeli national. Yeah. So he's also, I forgot to even say this, he, he, he's a biblical archaeologist. I mean, he's dug in the dirt. He's, yeah. he's been on several sites. He's traveled over there extensively, has just a wealth of knowledge about, about the Holy Land, and is just a great storyteller, interesting guy to listen to, yeah. and uh, just a fantastic guy. Yeah, you'll have, it, it, I recommend anybody, if they want to go to the Holy Land, that's, that's who they should go with. And you're... Your first time in the Holy Land, you did a tour, but you also yeah. did a hike. Is we did. That right? It's called the Jesus Trail. And ben Smith, a hike in the Holy Land. It, These two hike all it, the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a. Uh, it's it's a, called the Jesus Trail. Huh. Actually, it's an interesting thing. It was put together by um, uh, a Mennonite uh, pastor mm-hmm. and um, wow. and a Palestinian. And the whole point of it is to kind of go through different villages. We stayed one night in a kibbutz, which is yeah. a, a kind of a Jewish mm-hmm. commune or yeah. Jewish settlement. Uh, but yeah, you hike from, you start in Nazareth and you hike all the way to kind of Capernaum to the Sea of Galilee. It's about a 50 mile hike. Yeah. And, you know, here's the cool thing about it is, is just, uh, 
the, the, the idea that this is the way that Jesus would have seen the land. And, right. and to be right. at that, you know, it's one thing to be in a tour bus and you're going right. along the right. highway, you know. <laughs> right, yes. But, but to actually be walking, you know, up and down the hills, yeah. through the fields, through the pastures, olive trees, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's just you get a real sense of what the land is like, mm-hmm. and and it has some cool experiences. I'll just give you one quick yeah. one, and and uh, but anyway, the, the, we came across a shepherd mm. uh, as we were walking. We were kind of talking about olive groves and all this kind yeah. of stuff. And here's a shepherd with a sheep. Now he's 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 not in a garb, and he doesn't have the right. you know the, he, right. he, the, he didn't look like he was in a Christmas pageant. <laughs> you know, he, was, he, was, he was on his cell phone playing a game or something, you know. But he's he's walking through this area, and here we are, all these you know American loud Americans talking to one another and hiking along and and uh, so Mark goes up and says, "Hey, we don't want to disrupt you." He says, "Oh, no, no problem. I'll take I'll take the sheep on." He's leading the sheep. Yeah. And so he calls them and, and you know, and they follow his voice. Wow. And I thought about wow. that that passage in John 10, they don't yeah. follow the stranger's voice. Here we are all louder than he is, yeah. but they didn't follow us. They went with the shepherd. Mm. And wow. I thought, "What a what a powerful image that, you know, just you know what that passage means, but then it just brings it to life yeah. in a powerful mm-hmm. way. Ryan, you've done Holy Land Tour, right? I, I have, yes. Yeah. How, how did it impact you? Uh, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. just to, to understand where Jesus was and to see it and understand the topography, that's one of the things we talked about. It's just how close everything was. Yeah. And I think the most powerful moment for me was in the Garden of Gethsemane yeah. and thinking about how dark it was. And then here comes the Roman soldiers yeah. and the torches. Like Jesus would have seen, like they would have seen this parade of soldiers coming to get Jesus. And so so wow. that was really a moment for me to think about how dark it was and like, you know, yeah. know they're coming mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and just the anxiety and the sweating, the drops of blood as he's in there praying and just like uh, he's fully God, but fully human and knows yeah. knows the punishment that's that's coming to him. That's great. Well, hey, we need to take a final break. When we come back, Steph, I want to go back to our segment on progressive Christianity. I think you've got a question for Ryan. All right. Uh, Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver from the Bible Bistro podcast are with us. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Linda Darby, and I'm part of the third generation of Darby's to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. 
Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of the Danville, Illinois chapter of Ambux, which strives to live the circle of life by helping and serving others in need. With your generous donations and volunteerism, you help Ambux achieve their mission to inspire others to conquer challenges related to mobility and independence. To learn more about how you can be involved in Ambux, visit their website at danvilleambux.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. It's Thursday, May 27. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler, we're joined today by the Bible Bistro guys, Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver. But, Steph, we couldn't do Direct Line without our great sponsors. Who are we saying thank you to? Yeah, we're thankful for Don and Deanna Witzel with McDonald's, Chris and Daisha Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic, Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance, the Darby family with Sunset Funeral Home, Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley, and the team at Hans Tank Wash. And speaking of the team at Hans Tank Wash, he, uh, Bean is one of our sponsors, and he sent us an article this week to you and me about the guy from Skillet. Right. Is that John, his name? John Cooper. John Cooper from yeah. Skillet and his take on all this, you know, people walking away from the faith. Yeah. And I, I'm i a worship leader. I, I, I do worship here. And his one of the interesting things that article he talked about was that people are getting their theology from 20-year-old worship leaders in skinny jeans, you know, right. and right. a guitar. <laughs> and right. and right. that is kind of concerning. He's when, troubled. He's troubled. And it is it is troubling. You were talking about um, uh, in between segments, uh, Ryan. TikTok, yeah. You were talking about TikTok, and that's how young people are getting some of their theology. Why don't we revisit that conversation so our listeners can hear it um, yeah. about theology and where you get it? Yeah, absolutely. And Greg mentioned in the earlier segment about progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like even last summer, you felt like you didn't you didn't right. recognize it as mm-hmm. much. And I'm right. Um, and I think as we've gone through this pandemic, more and more people have been shut in and they've mm-hmm. been inside, and so. You know, I think a lot of people, we have these devices mm-hmm. in our pockets mm-hmm. all over the time. We're looking at them. Oh, mm-hmm. I've got a free moment. I'm looking at this device. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that I've been, been seeing and, and reading about is how much theology is coming out on this app called TikTok. Mm. You know, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, an, I'm 40 years old, so I'm not on TikTok. I mean, maybe I should be. I don't know. <laughs> um, but, it, it, you know, most people, I thought of it was just like people dancing. You know, like right. here's some music and I'm dancing. But there are these progressive pastors on there that are cutting out these short videos mm-hmm. and it's going out to a million people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I think about myself as a as a 40 year old man and I'm trying to limit my amount of time on my phones and mm-hmm. computers and stuff but I there's a generation behind me that's like this is this is what we do mm-hmm. and that they're on these apps and they're waking up and they're going into TikTok and yeah they might see some fun dancing stuff but all of a sudden they're getting this mm-hmm. um seed planted in their mind and mm-hmm. you know right. this and this also goes back to this uh, article that we referenced that there's only 6% of Americans have a biblical mm-hmm. worldview. And, right. you know, I even think of myself as a teenager. I'm not sure I had a biblical right. worldview. You know, I knew right. the stories. Right. And so, you know, I think even for us in this podcast, the Ryan O'Brien's Bible Bistro is kind of going, how can we be out there mm-hmm. in yeah. front of the, in front of people like mm-hmm. where people are consuming this stuff and that TikTok it's fun, you know, and parents can think it's fun, but it's it's where these little seeds are being planted mm-hmm. of deconstruction. It's, can I plant some down here? Mm-hmm. Can I mm-hmm. plant some down here? And right. so I think that's one of the things, especially in the summer, more people were in their homes, on yeah. social media, you know, oh, this is how I'm interacting with people. But at the same time, you know, it's, well, you, the, it's the serpent in the garden. Like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Listen to this. Listen you, to mentioned, this piece. you mentioned to John, John Piper's son, for example. Yeah, we were yeah. talking about this That's on the sad. way here. Yeah, John Piper's son, um, yeah. Abraham Piper, right. like... 
left the church mm-hmm. and he the church pushed yeah. him out and then he came back found faith again and then he's left again and now mm-hmm. he's on social he's media aggressive against the church yeah he's yeah. aggressive yeah. against the church and so I, i'm pretty sure he's on tiktok right and some of these other places putting this video mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. out yeah. there mm-hmm. and so again if someone has like uh, you know i think one of the things is brian you talked about this is People get upset with maybe a false Christianity sometimes, and you go like, well, I'd get upset with that too. But if someone has like this one bad experience, then they find someone else online that's had a bad experience, and then they're following them. They're Mm -hmm. going down this Mm -hmm. path Mm -hmm. of kind of going, no, no, you just had a bad experience. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes, whatever. But that, you know, they're being led down this path and that we have to be mindful of that, I believe, as the church, that we're putting out media in some ways. Mm -hmm. Like we're pushing against this, that we're making sure a biblical worldview becomes more prominent in front of people instead of just waiting for them to come to us on a Sunday morning. So how do how do our listeners find your podcast so they can hear you pushing against that, the TikTok? Oh, wow. And, I mean. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, you can find us at uh, thebiblebistro.com. Okay. The podcast is officially called Ryan and Brian's Bible Bistro, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. You can find us there. You can find us on Facebook at yeah. The Bible Bistro and on Instagram at The Bible Bistro. And I'm going to be linking some of my favorite episodes mm-hmm today and also the website so people can find it. Um, Brian, I wanted to ask you before we get out of here, one of the things that frustrates me maybe as much as anything in my world is when I see preachers and teachers take scripture and misuse it or abuse it. Yeah. And one example that we've studied is John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I've come to bring you life and life, oh, full, yeah. the abundant yeah, sure. life. I mean, the health and wealth, uh, prosperity gospels right. really built on that. What might be some other examples that are out there where just be careful to right. make sure you understand, you know, what did Jesus mean? What right. did Paul mean? What did the prophet mean? Well, you know, you mentioned John 10, 10, another one's Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things <laughs> through, through Christ yeah. who gives me strength. Right. And I always say that's a Superman passage. You know, I can leap yeah. tall buildings. I yeah. can, you know, I'm faster yeah. than a speeding train. I've lifted some know. heavy stuff saying that verse. <laughs> I promise you. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, here's the thing. If you read that entire passage and, and this is, this is an important, this is, is a Philippians four. Yeah, or John 10. Philippians okay, four. Yeah, I'm talking John about yeah. I, both yeah, of them, but, right, right. but Philippians four is what I'm talking about right now. I, I, I'll go ahead, and this is an important principle too. I'll, I'll yeah. get to this, but Philippians four. If you read it in context, what Paul is saying there, he says, "I know what it is to be in to have yep. plenty. Yeah. I know what it is to be in want." Yeah. Right, and, and he's basically saying, "I've been through difficult times. I've been through good times, but I can do." All things, right? I, I right. always say it's 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 not a passage to, to to say triumphantly. It's actually the one you say through gritted teeth, right? Where you're like in the in the midst of the darkest valley of my life. Yeah, I can I can do this because of the strength yeah. that Christ gives me. So you're saying it's not about winning a football no, game? No, no, no. Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't think so. Just yeah, and, sure. and so here's the key. Here's let me give you a principle that will go along to help this. Both of those, the smaller the smaller section of scripture you're going to look at, the more important it is to look at the immediate context. Okay. Everything we say, this entire, this entire, um, uh, radio show, you know, everything has a context. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, when you pull something out of context, you can make someone say about anything. We see this in the right. news, right? This Absolutely. is this is something we see today is, is they'll they'll edit a video or you know the whole deep fake thing. You know, yeah. they they can make it seem like somebody's saying about anything. And you can do that with scripture. The smaller section of, of scripture you take, the more you can twist it. So you've got to look at it within context and say, what is this author saying or what what is Jesus saying in this entire section? Yeah. So that's why it's so important. The smaller verse you're gonna look at, the bigger context you get you look at. That's fascinating. Are you done on the scriptures? Because I got I just have a real practical question for Take these two it. guys. What Go. do you do? I mean, you do more than a podcast. Or 
What do you do in life? Go ahead. I'm, uh, I am a, a pastor at a church in, uh, in Danvers, Illinois, okay. North Danvers Mennonite Church. I'm okay. a pastor. It's my full-time uh, occupation. Gotcha. So. And I, I run a video production company in yeah. Indianapolis, so I produce videos for churches and nonprofits and okay. corporations and that kind of stuff. All right, thanks. I just wanted no, to that's find great. that I'm out. I'm glad you threw that out. I, I back to the the whole idea of scripture and context. <laughs> to go back to it. I can, well, I can remember my preaching professor. I took homiletics as a freshman, which wasn't smart. But um, I can remember Chuck Sackett basically saying, if you carry that mantle of preacher and teacher, mm. understand there is a higher accountability yes. for you. And that's why I think what you guys are doing yeah. is so important because I'm not sure every person that misuses scripture is, you know, that shyster that's trying to promote. Right. I, right. I think sometimes there is ignorance that's out there, well, quite honestly. You know, and and uh, yeah, it's it's there is a responsibility. Teachers will be held held ac- right. accountable for the things that they teach and and. One of the things I think has been gratifying for us in this podcast is we we kind of targeted it toward uh, interested church members, mm-hmm. but there's been a lot of pastors who've who've started listening and who say, you know, this is very helpful. I don't have a lot of opportunity to hear right. teaching, and so it's this continuing education in a way. <laughs> in I mean, way. That, that's got a free. Bad, that's free bad, continuing right. education. <laughs> well, I'm a podcast junkie, so right. I like, but not right. everybody is. No, no, no. And no. I think this is a great resource right. for the guy that's teaching the Sunday school class sure. or the gal that's leading the Bible study mm-hmm. to to just be informed. And you guys have how many recorded? Uh, I think we got 20, like 24. 24, and we're already talking about you know others. And, and you're dropping one per week. We're one planning week? on it. We're yeah. planning. You know, people said, "Oh, you're going to do one season," and then you know, yeah. we're, we're planning on just kind of every week. I, yeah. the, this the week pattern. we've got two. We got we have bonus ones that we throw out. Yeah. Right. No, but, but, you know, I think that's one of the things is Brian's got all this knowledge. You know, <laughs> Brian is really smart, and I say I play the dumb man in this. Like, or the every man. Like, I just, I'm there to ask questions, and, you know, I'm trying to ask, okay, so what? You know what I mean? Like, you said all these mm-hmm. things, and it's academic, but, like, so what? What does that mean for me in the pew? What does yeah. it mean for how we live as our life in the church? Mm-hmm. And so Brian drops all the deep knowledge, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> rewind. Um, well, and I would say, you know, we, we've talked about this kind of idea of deconstructing faith, and there's lots of podcasts out there that are they're kind of very negative, and we're committed. We've, there's, we've made a few commitments. We want to be We want to be positive. Right. We want to mm-hmm. make sure that we're encouraging mm-hmm. and a good resource. Mm-hmm. Right. We love the local church, and we yeah. want to come alongside them. We love pastors, and yeah. so we want to to lift them up and hold them up it, it's it's difficult times now and so we want to be positive is there a place for people to reach out to you maybe with questions or suggestions absolutely on our website thebiblebistro.com there's a button right at the top say you got a topic you can send that's us great. a message right there that's great yeah, well we, guys yeah go ahead we actually are doing an episode upcoming that, that someone suggested for us and so that's yeah great. we've interacted with our listeners yeah. Good. well i can't believe our time is up it's just flown by but ryan sarver brian johnson ryan and brian's bible bistro yes yeah, thank you <laughs> good thank stuff you. well thank you guys thank you for your work thank you for coming to mm-hmm. danville illinois steph and i have really been blessed absolutely well, i appreciate your time together we do a good news segment Every week. And I've got a special personal good news segment. This Sunday marks 29 years of marriage to my lovely bride, Marla. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for, and I some days can't believe she puts up with me and tolerates (laughs) me. But um, in all seriousness, she has been a great life partner and uh, wife, and I couldn't do life without her. So, Marla, well, thank you. And thank you, Marla, Mm -hmm. for all that you do. And on behalf of my friend Stephanie, and Ryan Sarver and Brian Johnson. You've listened to Direct Line. Join us next week as we visit with Terry and Molly Goodwin with Serve Together and Bethany Hager from the Women's Care Clinic. We'll see you next week.